The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. It was not just another normal day. No, this, this was the happiest day of your life. All your favorite people were there. Your friends and family had come from far and wide to support you. And everything was falling into place. All those prayers, plans, preparations, it was all working out just like you planned it. Everything was going perfectly. And it should. It was the happiest day of your life. Or it was supposed to be. But something went wrong. Something weaseled itself into that happiness and made things just a little less than perfect. And if you can remember back to that day, what did you do? When, despite all your plans and preparations, something still went wrong, what happens then? Because unfortunately, even the happiest day on earth is tainted with sin. And so what happens when your perfect day comes apart? In our text for today, Jesus found himself at a wedding in a town called Cana. Scripture doesn't tell us whose wedding it was, but we're told that Jesus was there, and so was his mother Mary and his disciples. Now a thing or two about weddings back in that time. Parties in Palestine were a big deal. The wedding celebration itself lasted as long as seven days, a week full of partying. And during that time, the family of the bride and groom were responsible for keeping the celebration going. That meant there had to be plenty of food and drink for all the guests to enjoy themselves. And failure to do so was a big deal. And so you can imagine that the couple planned and prepared and prayed for this day. They thought through every detail. They had a backup plan for every hiccup that could happen. Everything had to go perfectly. Because this was not just another normal day. This was the happiest day of their lives. Or it was supposed to be. And yet, despite their plans, their prayers, their preparations, something still went wrong. They ran out of wine. And the party came to a screeching halt. The couple must have started scrambling. They were embarrassed. This was a huge cultural taboo. The master of the banquet probably started turning red right about now. What could they do? How could they see this coming? Mary picked up on the problem, so she takes it to Jesus and asks him to help. And Mary, or Jesus' response might surprise us a little bit. Jesus says, Dear woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. As if to say, Mary, we're not at home anymore. We've stepped out of Nazareth and we've stepped into Cana. This is my public ministry. It's time for me to do my work. 
And Mary shows trust in that moment. She shows that whatever happens next, she trusts that Jesus will take care of it. And so she turns to the servants nearby and tells them, just do whatever he says. And maybe the servants were confused. Who is this guy? What, what can he possibly do to remedy this catastrophe? But they listen. They listen as Jesus puts them to work. He tells them to fill these six stone jars, these massive jars filled with to 20 to 30 gallons. And they fill them with water to the brim. And then Jesus asks them to take some to the master of the banquet to taste. And when he does, he doesn't taste water. No, what he tastes is the best wine he's had all week. He's shocked. And part of the shock factor is this wasn't how people threw parties back then. Usually they brought out the best wine first. And then once the guests had their drink, then they'd bring out the cheaper stuff. But this, this was a change for the better. Talk about a wedding gift. Jesus' miracle saved the couple from some serious social shame. He saved the day. Imagine the couple's surprise and joy when they found out what had happened. Now, as the couple had planned their wedding, I'm sure they had certain expectations for how their day would go, right? They planned, they prepared, they oversaw every detail. They never would have imagined that something like this would happen. Not to them. Not on their wedding day. And even if you've never planned a wedding before, we all experience what this couple went through. We go through life with certain expectations, don't we? We plan to be happy. We prepare to live healthy lives with less stress and more joy. We just pray that everything would go smoothly in life. And New Year's is a great reminder of this. We plan on 2022 being better than 2021. We can't imagine anything going wrong. We plan on being successful and happy. We build these colossal expectations for ourselves. But what happens when everything goes wrong? What happens when our plans fall through? Because the reality is, not all our plans happen just the way we want them to. As much as we tried to leave that particular sin back in 2021, somehow it, it followed us into the new year. And that concern, that worry that's been eating away at you, it, Somehow it's still here. We're only a few weeks into this new year, and sin has played a part in each and every one of those days somehow. And so not even my happiest day on earth is without sin. It affects it in some way. It's discouraging, isn't it? To realize that, well, my attitude, my selfishness can dampen someone else's happiness and stand in the way of my own. Because that's just what sin does. That's what the couple found out that day. Sin gets in the way of our plans. It shatters our expectations and it deflates us. It leaves us feeling empty. 
empty like those six stone jars. That wine, that wine must have tasted so sweet at the wedding that day. After all, it saved the party. It won the admiration of the master of the banquet. But Jesus' gift wasn't just really good wine. It was more than that. This gift was also a sign. This sign showed who Jesus really is, not just a wedding guest, the Son of God. It showed him as the Son of God who walks into the the lives of normal people who makes change for the better. This sign showed that he's someone who has a love that notices people's problems and has a power to do something about them. This gift, this sign, it, it set the tone for Jesus' ministry. What he did at Cana paved the way for what he would do at Calvary one day, where the Son of God would die for the sins of mankind. This sign changed everything. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul wanted a group of Christians to know. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus because he wanted them to understand what it meant to understand Jesus' love. He wrote, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What does that mean? What does it mean to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God? It means that when sin lets you down and shatters your expectations and leaves you feeling empty, that you understand Jesus' love for you and it fills you right back up again. It fills you like a cup to the brim and it overflows. That's what the Ephesians needed to know to get through life, to get through hardship. And that's all you and I need to know, too. Jesus changed water into wine that day. Through his death and resurrection, he changed death into life, and fear into forgiveness, and sorrow into joy for his people. He's someone who makes changes for the better. And so, what will he change in your life? How will he reveal himself? What problems will he change into joy for you? And even if you find that your circumstances don't change, Jesus has revealed his glory. That's what he did that day at Cana. That's what he did on the cross. His glory shines through sin, like the sun through rain clouds. Nothing in this world can cover up his glory. Now you might wonder, Why didn't Jesus just prevent the wine from running out that day? If Jesus has the love and the power to prevent these kinds of things, why didn't he just stop it from happening? And maybe there's something in your life that you wish Jesus had prevented too. Maybe what happened left you feeling hurt and helpless. But Jesus let the wine run out. Jesus let that thing happen to you. And why? 
Why does God allow pain into our lives? You see, God is comfortable with allowing pain to enter into our lives because that's when we feel his powerful embrace. He allows us to feel pain so we can understand his power. He lets us feel lost so we can understand his love. He lets sin empty us so that he can fill us up again. And when God lets things fall through in life, what you and I see are problems. But Jesus sees a chance to show up in your life and show you who he is. A chance to reveal himself and the change he can bring. And when he makes changes, he makes one more change. The master of the banquet was astonished at how good the wine tasted. And when Jesus reveals himself in our lives, sometimes he changes our definition of what's good for us. Sometimes he replaces something we think is good with something even better. He can take that sickness and through it he can strengthen your faith or the faith of someone else. Jesus can take that trial in your life and he can give you the courage to get through it. And if not, well... Sometimes Jesus says, not yet, just like he told Mary. But not yet doesn't mean no. It might just mean that Jesus is working behind the scenes in your life, changing water into wine. Now, maybe the couple didn't know who they invited that day. Maybe to them, Jesus was just a friend who grew up in nearby Nazareth, whose father was a carpenter, Maybe he was just a wedding guest who gave really good gifts. But Jesus' wedding gift wasn't just for that couple. It was for us, too. Because that gift showed us who he is. He's our prophet, our priest, our king. He's a light in the dark. He's someone who steps into the lives of everyday people and meets their problems and makes changes for the better. That's what his first miracle shows us. He shows himself as someone that Mary trusted with a problem, a trust that said no matter what happened next, Jesus was in control. He's someone that the disciples put their faith in because the Holy Spirit confirmed in their hearts what they were already convinced of, that Jesus was their Savior. So take your problems to him. Take your catastrophes, take your shattered expectations, take everything in between because he has the love and power to deal with anything we can throw at him. Welcome him as an invited guest. Welcome him into your life because whatever's got you feeling empty, Jesus' love for you can fill you up like a cup. What makes a day perfect? You'll find that every day, can be turned and completely changed by what Jesus has done for you. Yeah, sin and sorrow may infect our days, but Jesus' love for you can fill you up and turn every day into joy. I don't know what day you thought of when I mentioned the happiest day of your life, but the truth is, it hasn't happened yet. But there is a day coming soon, a day where we'll be invited to another wedding banquet, And on that day, you will understand just how much Jesus loves you. And you will be filled to the brim with happiness. And that's something you can plan on. 
Amen.